Oh, hi there. It's James. Um, just interrupting this broadcast to say, if you like the podcast, can you please go onto iTunes, subscribe to it, leave a review, say how much you like it, and maybe get in touch with us. service for Londoners. It delivers awesome wines within the hour to Zones 1 and 2 with a couple of other places and with no minimum orders. Download the app at dropwine.co.uk and enter the promo code KITCHENONFIRE to get £10 off your first order. And if that's not sort of maybe technically free wine, then we don't know what is. Unless you go to communion or you steal stuff. There was an old man cubicle. <laughs> Honestly, it's marked with a man with a stick with a hunchy back. This is a super exciting start to the pod because James is running late. So he's decided that he wants to do this like he's going to walk up the stairs and just walk straight in, and we're just going to get into it. Here he is. What a man. Look at him. He's just absolutely cantered in here like it's, like it's nothing. I'm going to get a feeling of what it's like for the guests who come up those stairs, and the mic's on. You just crack open a can of Mythos. Mm. He's out that. He's out that chilled beer. Sweating, mate. It's hot out there. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. You all right? Oh, crumbs. What a palaver. Babies are too late. You know? Okay. So that's why I'm cantering in here. There's a bit of a sweat on. It's good. You want to get a little horse. Yeah. Get a sweat on, actually. You right? That means it's healthy. How, how's everything else, apart from your journey in? Yeah, fine. How's your back? Yeah, it hurts. That's this quite is quite funny doing it this way, because literally we haven't <laughs> seen each other since last Thursday. No. It's Wednesday evening, because you've, you've been under the knife. Yeah. Do you only say under the knife when it's about cosmetic surgery? Um, I mean, it's tricky to say. I guess it is cosmetic surgery in that it looked gross, so get it <laughs> off. But equally, if you don't get it cut off, then you get ill. Mm. I mean, yesterday at Pigeon, people were like, where's Sam? So said, he's, he's off today. And then, you know, like Manny, like, oh, it's not working. I was like, well, he's, he's been in hospital. And then people freak out. yeah. So you're like, oh, you just had to have an operation. And they're like, what? And it's like, it's fine, it's nothing. You just had to have something cut out of his back. And they're like, whoa. I know, because I keep thinking that when I was saying to people before, like, oh, yeah, I'm not here or whatever. I'm doing this thing. Oh, why? I've got to have... And I I was saying, just because it is, you know, I'm having an operation on my back, Mm. which makes it sound a lot more extreme, obviously, than it is, Um, was, etc. Do do you have the the item in a jar somewhere? I saw it in a jar. I have a photo. Do you want to see it? I don't, actually. Do you not? I'm not squeamish, but I, I, well, I'm going to have to, aren't I? But I, I mean, I created this. The listeners. It's like the first ticky off baby. The listeners. As you know, you've had babies since we started. Yeah, two. Thanks for two. Two. Yeah. About the size of an eyeball. 
Wow, it looks like an eyeball. Maybe yeah. you're growing an eye in your back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like... 360 <laughs> vision, baby. Yeah. Very nervous about people creeping up behind <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, yeah, it sucked. It sorry, sucked and it hurts. sweaty and gross. I'm sorry. Well, I haven't had a wash and can't have a wash mm. till Saturday. So, all in all, the Tiki Off boys are at their fragrant best. I just had a haircut. Have you? My cousin Joe, who's oh, over from good. South Africa, who's probably listening to this, because he said, what are you doing now? I said, I've got to go and do the podcast. Well, he's not listening now, is he? Not it's now. Not live, yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Time. Now, to the him, it's going to be like, I am listening now. Very confusing. Yeah. He's a doctor. Right. But... Uh, on the side has a little side action as a barber with a scalpel maybe doctors get paid that poorly in South Africa that you need to uh, does he get a scalpel on there like the no he got the old clippers with... out got the old scissors out Looks Tom good. did the spraying with the thing he was the assistant while I watched the cricket the most civilised haircut I've ever had in my life oh, while nice. drinking a Sprite light <laughs> doesn't nice. much better than that did you get hair on the sofa no, I didn't sit on the sofa. Oh. I sat in the middle of the floor, having cleared the floor so that I could then sweep up the hair right. and put it on your pillow. Nice. Oh, lovely. Um, good. How's I, put it, I put it all over a bit of um, a bit of two-sided sellotape, which I'm then going to stick on your forehead when you're asleep tonight. Okay. So you'll have like a, a, a forehead moustache, but okay. a very straight one. I might cover it, though, because I think I should probably cover your bed just in case my back explodes or something in the night. Please do. Yeah. Um, how are you, anyway? Enough talk of me and my grossness. Yeah, fine. Good weekend? Weekend was all right. Yeah, positive vibes going on. What are you angling at here? I'm not angling at anything I at all. I feel like there's an angle. I'm not. I just I haven't seen you, have I? It's absolute catch-up, though. Went up to the Yorkshire, had a nice time. In the Dales? Uh, no, not quite as far as the Dales. Okay. Had where are the Dales? Just north of us. I thought the whole of Yorkshire was one we big are, dale. You might call where we live the gateway to the Dales. Okay, nice. Certainly when I open a pub up there, it will be called the gateway to the Dales. <laughs> nice. Um, and just, you know... Some you know standard vibes, except my mum and dad weren't there, so it was kind of weird. weren't there, weren't there okay. for most of it. Kids went swimming, you know, oh yeah, I saw your son in a pond, a in lake a pond oh. he got straight in that weedy pond. I was like, no way am I going in there that's what I was thinking you know people it's a recent relatively recent thing about people getting really into like wild swimming yeah i did a, I did a piece for Waitrose magazine about did wild you? swimming, yeah, have you ever wild swam swum well i I interviewed the swimmers, and then I thought I'd better jump in the drink myself, so mm. and I jumpeth because I'm keen, like it seems like oh, that would be amazing, and it's supposed to be really good for your well being mm. and all of that, and I bet you know cold water swimming is supposed yeah. to be great for you I'll stay um, rice. Uh, he's wrote a whole song about it, did he yeah, do you know what it's called what cold water oh okay, nice. Probably. Uh, Damien Rice has a very, very long staircase attached to a cliff that goes down to a tiny jetty. And there's a little rowboat at the bottom of it. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Um, probably... But my issue with the wild swimming... Yeah. Is... Vile's disease. <laughs> well, you've got to be careful of <laughs> rat piss and whatnot. But... It's the it's the it's the getting in the muddy bank. Oh yeah, mate. Mud between your toes. Yeah. All that. That's disgusting. That is foul. That is foul. Because in my head, it's not mud. That's human excrement. Two words: jelly shoes. Oh, I went with human excrement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the pond at home. There's a little place you can jump in, so you miss the squelch. Okay. Um, well, you kind of squelch on the way. Does out. it smell? No, it smells nice actually. Oh yeah. So you didn't uh, go in. I didn't. It was just well, I can't, yeah, I wasn't in there. I didn't have my trunks, you know. Hey, going nude. Well, I had like mates there as well. Going nude with your mates. Nudie mates. Uh, I think river swimming is the most enjoyable of all the world swimming activities available to man and right. woman and non-binary 
people. Okay. <laughs> Why? Uh, the running of the water. The running of the water. Yeah. And the scenes you'll see as you drift along. So our, one of my you know, most halcyon childhood memories was when Dad got a load of inner tyres from tractors, which are basically, you know, just like big... big. I'm aware of the swim, concept, you know, yeah. What, yeah, you know what yeah. an inner tyre is, yeah. yeah. A real sort of mechanic, aren't Did you? you call it tubin? No. No, but we tubered from the weir, which is sort of at one end of my grandparents' house, as it were, as it were, village, and then down all the way to where I now go to the pub, but I was too young for the uh. pint at the end. But I always think we should do that and then... Can't be asked. Too much mud. Where do you find an inner tube from a tractor these days? It's all digital now. Digital. Okay. Um, di- uh, there's a good book actually, Waterlog by Roger Deakin. Uh, I think we have it. It's a lovely book. Yeah. He swam everywhere. Basically, that was his thing. Was he the founding member of Deakin Blues? Uh, he wasn't, and it was. There's no S on Deacon the end. Deakin Blue. I yeah. knew it sounded wrong. And Scottish then I was like, popsters. And then Deacon I was like, Blue. actually, is that a song? That's quite the sound of my childhood, actually. Deacon Blue. Do you used to rock out some Deacon Blue as a child? Probably. Yeah. Right. Roger Uh, Deacon. Yeah. Yeah, he died. He had a moat in his house. Did he drown? No, he didn't. No, he died. He's friends with Robert McFarlane. Yeah, he sounds the type. Yeah. Big pal of his. Um, Oh, that's sad. So, was your weekend sort of spent in nervous anticipation of the gouging that was about to unfold? Um, I guess a little bit, yeah. I mean, you get it in your head, don't you? You I always think, oh, I'm fine. But ever since uh, our second child was born, I'm funny in hospitals. I never used to be. Well, like funny ha-ha. <laughs> Very much the opposite of funny ha-ha. Like, li- you I'll, get, really, you, oh, I, get, I get all like dizzy and lightheaded oh. and stuff. It's something to do with the fluorescent lights thing. I'm the same at Ikea. <laughs> Honestly, I walk into Ikea in Southampton and, and I swear to God, immediately I feel a bit like, whoa, what's going on? I think everyone feels like that in Ikea. No, it's something about the frequency of the uh, lights, I think. And what is the frequency, <laughs> Kenneth? <laughs> I'm Sam. Um, really some gold coming out here. <laughs> we should always do this, just not see one another before we pod. Um, but yeah, no, so I feel weird. So I did feel a bit weird. I took a book, because I thought I have to wear could if our designers for Sons and Daughters, if we ever actually fucking build that place, um, have chosen the Lumens, or is it the Lux, or whatever, yeah. for the lighting that is exactly the same. Yeah. So you just walk in like... <laughs> Yeah. Why did some of the doors close? Because Sam had a Sam couldn't fit. enter the building. Um, but yeah, so I felt a bit weird. But then had the thing, and it's fine. And they're having a chat, and I'm like apologising. Oh, I'm really sorry. You've got to look at my gross back. Like it's a nice day, and this is gross. And you know, they must get very bored of that. I know they do. But that's the thing. I keep having these really circular conversations where I'm like, I'm saying something, and I know what you're going to say to me. So maybe I shouldn't say anything. Mm. But then my wife sometimes says I'm a bit mute. So maybe I should talk. So you fill the silence with, with babble. Yeah, yeah, but not really babble, but exactly like you say. Like, they must just be like, yeah, you're going to say, oh, I'm sorry, it's gross. We're going to say, we do this all the time. We see a lot worse. So I kind of think they know that. I know that. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. Mm. But you're lying on your front with your trousers half pulled down. So it's just a local anaesthetic. Yeah, yeah, local. Oh, yeah. So you're feeling them sort of digging around. Pull, pulling around, yeah. Because they oh, took the yeah. eyeball out, but then there was a bunch of other yeah. nonsense. And then I didn't realise, and he was like, oh, yeah, we've got to send it off and get it tested. Could be not of this world. Yeah, well, potentially. But, yeah, it was a bit weird. But then afterwards, it was fine, because you're still all jabbed up. Yeah. So I'm like, right, I'll get out of here. And I'm just thinking, oh, I'll walk home. And she's like, how are you getting home? And I said, I can walk. It's like five minutes. You're not walking home. And I was like, why? I'm only numb, like, in one patch on my lower back. No, 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 you can't do that. Also, you can't leave. 
I was like, why? And she said, I had to sit down and have a cup of coffee. I didn't want a cup of coffee. So you do what the doctor says. I know. And then she tried to make me have a biscuit as well. And I definitely didn't want a biscuit. I'd you already, say, sorry, love, it's Temple Day. I'd already had a couple of Marylands that morning. But... <laughs> uh, but so I sat there she brought over this coffee and it was rubbish like it's on a saucer it's too full it's too hot Mm. disgusting so I had a couple of sips and the minute she left I legged it well you went on the lamb kind of yeah so I wonder what she thought because I I just put it on the site you know like on the legged it from the entire hospital yeah 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 got outside yeah (laughs) waited for hours that's always a baller move the person who you know I know, but I was stood there, and it was really hot, and I was thinking, ah, oh, sweet, I got away with that, didn't have to drink that coffee, you know, pulled, pulled one out, got one yeah. over on the doctor. Wool meet eyes. But So I was sort of thinking, oh, this is cool, until I looked over the road where I was waiting in the lay-by for the pickup drop-off, and there was some woman in hysterical tears and some guy comforting her, and I felt bad that I was sort of quite cheerful. <laughs> well, it's obviously something bad had happened at the hospital. No, I followed that yeah. logic, but yeah. so it ruined the moment. Really, yeah. they could have taken it into the car park. Maybe they thought you were a ghost. <laughs> Why? So, hospitals, mate. Um, yeah. So anyway, tale of tale of that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on the pod, James? Uh, third visit. That's Re- the first person to come on three times, no? Not in, notwithstanding pigeon staff. Yeah. Back in the day, I think it is. Blythe twice. Reynolds twice. Dent twice. Grace, not Harvey. Um, you could you could say if we had Harvey Dent on twice that he'd been on four times. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. Uh, third visit from Eater London editor Adam Coughlin. Uh, he asked to come back on. I think he's got some axes he'd like to grind. And uh, we're going to let him grind them. And then we're going to grind him. In a, does that sound weird? No. No bumping, just grinding. What do you... <laughs> do you grind on something? Uh, like an anvil? Do you to. grind on an anvil? You grind an axe. You don't grind it on an anvil. No. You, anvil's for sort of... Whacking st- hot stuff. Yeah. What's it called? Forging. Hot metal. Hot metal. Forging hot metal. And friendships. Um, yeah, so Adam will be here in a minute. Are we leaving it there? Well, it's, it's, he'll be here, won't he? No, no, oh, sorry, he's running, mate. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, I just thought you were sort of getting in, getting in the link, as they call it, in the biz. Mm-hmm. So, what else is going on in the world, Sam? Um, I took a wander today up to the top of the Royal Opera House. Okay, finally. Yeah, I, di- I didn't. Uh, I didn't partake of anything there. I did use the lavatory, <laughs> which was lovely. A wide variety, and also one. Actually, this was strange. A wide variety of lavatories. Yeah, there were y- urinals. Yeah. There were cubicles, mm-hmm. and there was an old man cubicle. <laughs> Honestly, it's marked with a man with a stick with a hunchy back. I didn't even or, think that. Till I just remembered it then. Perfect for your back. Absolutely. I, di- I didn't require the use of a cubicle. I just u- utilised a urinal, the, but how I could have used it. How does an old man cube differ from a standard cube? Uh, I believe the length was longer. The length of the cubicle? Yeah. Like, it was, it was a, a deeper space. So it was somewhere space. between a DDA and a standard. What's the DDA? Um, Do not I resuscitate. Should, I should, <laughs> that's DNR. 
D and D. That's Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, DDA. Uh, I can't remember what it stands for. It's, it's, Don't it's dick around. Disable access. Right. You know, like an accessible toilet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because um, it wasn't, and it, the door was open. What's the, what's the PC version of that now? You don't say disabled, you say other abled or... Less able. I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's accessible. The, right is. the DDA is the accessible lavatoire. Okay. Um, but I've never, seen, I've never seen an old man toilet before. Um, no, I've never heard of one yeah. or seen one. Well, there you go. If anyone needs one, if anyone's got an old man who needs the toilet, then take him up to the Royal Opera House. And then you can go out of there... And they had some ballet kit and um, glass cases and whatnot. But then there's like a pop-up restaurant bar thing, which is absolutely delightful. Because you're sort of three, four stories up, looking down onto um, the piazza. I think it's called the piazza. It is called the piazza. But yeah, you're looking down upon the actual Covent Garden piazza. It's weird. I've... No. That was a burp, and that was going to be a bad joke, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> About pizzas. <laughs> Wordplay. Um, so what did you do in Yorkshire apart from not go wild swimming? Just hung out, mate. The weather was lovely, as we all know. It was a great weekend for weather. <laughs> if you're into weather, that was the weekend for you. Uh, so messed around in the garden with the kids, played with the dogs. Uh, I went. For, uh, Rosie took uh, our kids and Jono, my brother-in-law, was up with my niece because Mary was working for her exhibition, which is now on at Pilar Carias Gallery on East Castle Street. Go and see it. Maybe buy a painting. Where's East Castle Street? Uh, just north of Oxford Street. Oh, sort of Fitzrovia. Is that the same one we went to last time? Yeah. Oh, always in the same We're place. We're about to go, because that's her gallerist. You oh, always okay. have this. You know, I didn't realise that. Yeah. I thought you had somebody who basically sold your paintings, but you went around and put it in different places. Yeah, but that, so, the, so there might be group exhibitions, or I guess if you're a mega baller, then, you know, private, you know, whatever you call it, individual exhibitions in other places. But right. ever, it's like your agent. Okay, right, right. I mean, just fucking hell, mate. Give her a chance. No, no, it wasn't a dick. I, I didn't know. Uh, so anyway, she was hanging out. So Jonica, anyway, off they went to a party up the road. And my end, my my end Fred, my friend Ed and I, had a really nice run to the pub. Huh. And that was about it. I mean, the weekend whizzed by. It's not long enough. It's not long enough there. Long old trek to come back. And Rosie had been hit by a bike, so couldn't drive. And I was more hungover than I let on on Friday morning when we drove up. And so I was. Friday was a write-off for me, really. Just the the tiredness from the drive, as opposed to the hangover. Yeah, it's a long way to drive on your own in a wanna in a wanna, mate. Uh, Just filled up the old car and. Did you not, not a good chat? You didn't stop on the way. Uh, uh, did we, uh, maybe we did. Uh, maybe we did. Didn't stop on the way back, mate. I tell a lie. We stopped both ways, but it yeah. felt like a wanna. Yeah. Huh. So, um, yeah. Sweet travel chat. So what did you, did you cook? I did some cooking. Yeah? What did you cook? Cooked a, um, cooked a salmon. Side of salmon. Is it? Uh, no, not a side. A, a, a half a salmon. Half? Like the, the half without a head. No? What the? What? Seriously, my brain. It was the, the half with the head. The head. Cooked a salmon ass. I, I cooked the, <laughs> I cooked the head half. The feet. It was shit. It was it was really it shit. Sounds shit. It was really shit, and it was like, I think they meant it, including Rosie. It's like this is delicious, and I was sitting there thinking, this is shit. I, I'm embarrassed because I, I couldn't really be bothered. It was hot. I wanted to be outside, so I just got literally like your standard Bart garam masala mix. I mixed it with a bit of olive oil, rubbed it all over the fucking salmon, bunged it in the barbecue. 
cooked it fine, and then with some shit rice and some other shit stuff. I was I was very cross at myself. That sounds terrible. It's just, do you know what I always say though, Sam? To you yeah. especially, if you don't cook with love, it's uh, shit. Yeah. It's not because love is the key ingredient. It's because you know what it is well, effort. Yeah. <laughs> and giving a toss. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. And love begats effort. Um, I cooked a lot of merguez this weekend. All right, mate, get a new fucking sausage, yeah? Yeah, but I haven't had any for a long time. But my wife and I got very drunk a few weeks ago and forgot that we ordered this enormous packet of merguez oh, yeah. from France. Oh, you sent the link? Yeah. And they sent you the links. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, yeah, they did. And we put them, put down them spicy pig fingers. Pig fingers? Lamb, Sheep lamb fingers. And beef fingers, usually. Yeah. Um, definitely not pig fingers, are they? No. So, yeah, but we put them down. Three days out of four that I was at home. <laughs> put them down. Three days out of date, but yeah, still <laughs> no, ate them. I didn't check the date, actually, yeah. on the last day. I'm thinking, yeah, that could have been. So I, last day I did, like, a ragu kind of thing with them. I've heard of that. Cut them on the barbecue on for the newts who were around. Would you bother with a ragu? Why not? Well, because you could also just get some lamb mints and some harissa. Cheaper. Doesn't taste the Easier. same. Doesn't yeah. taste the same, does, does it? Does it right? Yeah. There's love going in. <laughs> Harissa sucks. So hey, let's move right. on. Harissa is the spicing in Merguez. Yeah, but the one that they put in Merguez doesn't taste like if you make it. it just doesn't taste the same. Something about it. Tackier, isn't it? In a Merguez. In like a French supermarket Merguez. That's my dream, is French supermarket Merguez. I believe you've mentioned that before. Yeah. So, so stick your fucking Harissa up your salmon feet, you freak. Um... But I can't remember what else we did with them. What did we do? Maybe just had some more. Just ate some more merguez. Yeah, just probably just put them down raw. At the moment, all I want to eat is um, new potatoes and aioli. Oh, yeah. I could put that Maybe down. with some cold chicken. But to be honest, I'd take it or leave it. We had some cold chicken after we had the barbecue with the merguez. We had some of them the day after. Delicious. Yeah. Didn't have any aioli. Didn't have any of that. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. And the other night, Rosie was like, I think I've eaten too many potatoes there early. Which is why I did the fucking shit salmon with the rice. Because uh, I would have just done it, I would have literally just barbecued it plain, avec lemon, probably some dill, <laughs> and then uh, and done some new potatoes with aioli. But she um, poo-pooed that idea. Crumbs. What's the guy to do? Did you watch uh, Cheryl Crow's set at Glastonbury? Oh, did my head in. That's all you could see. Day one, that's all you could see. Is that oh, right? I'm going to go on the red button and oh, I'll press the blue one for the menu. No, nothing comes up on Sky. Rubbish. And he worked on Virgin where you could pick and choose what you wanted to watch. Oh. So it was a nightmare. Yeah, the coverage was not good on so the BBC. Was, so it was just Cheryl Crow, Cheryl Crow, Cheryl Crow. And she has one good song and she played it first. Yeah, she has. she's got a couple of oh, songs. Yeah, what else has she got? She's got... All I want to do. That's not a good song. It's a fantastic it's song. Not. She played that second, and then she and then she really had lost the, everyone. The, when when in three, it was like yeah. The, I mean, the extended outro she put on that thing was excessive. I turned off halfway through. All I want to do because I was like, well, she's played her two only kind of good songs. Yeah. Now, so yeah, it wasn't great. Um, Did you watch Stormzy? Uh, I watched a little bit of Stormzy. I watched Tame Impala. Thought his uh, uh, vest was pretty yeah powerful. Tame Impala, uh, yeah, Tame Impala, uninspiring as ever. Pretty much, yeah. But then my son wanted to watch it, so we watched that again, and we watched Fontaine's DC that oh, yeah. my son loves, uh, and they were really good. Did you see Rough Trade um, tweeted favorite album of the year so far, and a number of people had replied that the Fontaine's DC record was there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's a very good record. It's great. Listen to it. They're a great band. Anima. 
and you watched that yet? I did, yeah. Did you cry. like it? Yeah, I tweeted yeah. about it, didn't I? Got a bit emotional. Did I see your tweet? Yeah. Yes, you insulted me for it. Uh, maybe. Okay, yeah, that was the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it was, it was well, actually, you've that, be- There was one shot right at the end. I mean, I suppose classic PTA, just, you know, keep it under. It's a beautiful shot of people spinning around in a park. Yeah. That was, just came and went, and that was that. And I think a less, a sort of more, uh, I don't know, self-indulgent director would have held it longer. I thought it was fucking cool, but also a bit annoying, because I, I would have liked to watch that. Balletic yeah. choreography. Nice. For I did, uh, the first bit of it was a bit whatever, but then I thought it was quite clever and kind of funny. What, well, the underground bit? Yeah, and, but I thought it was quite where they did the sort of Buster Keaton-y thing with the floor being yeah. different things. And I just thought it was nice seeing him with his missus looking happy. He doesn't generally look very happy, so it was nice. As I said to you, I would have preferred a different protagonist. Yeah. It, it was just a bit fourth wally having him in it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Like if it had been someone, I think I, all it was was like, oh, it's Tom York doing weird stuff, making a weird face. Oh, he's smiling. That's yeah, also that's a weird true. face. Yeah. Um, but no, I dug it. I thought it was very good. Did you watch any Glastonbury? I literally watched those two Cheryl Crow songs. I think that was it. Yeah. Kylie put in a hell of a no, performance. No, did she? Yeah, she did, yeah. What about The Cure? Uh, I mean, turns out I know a lot more Cure songs than I thought I did. But turns out I'm just not a big fan of The Cure. No? But, you know, I get it. Fair enough. And I... he's 60 or whatever, and his voice sounds identical. And the dude really? lives in Bogner, which is insane. Although, if you asked him, he'd say, I don't live in Bogner. I live on the Oldwick Bay Estate, which is what everyone says in Bogner. Or, That's I don't live line. in Bogner, I live in Feltham. Or, I what? don't live in Bogner, I live in Pagham. Sure, you should just own it. Yeah, man, I live in Bogner. Yeah, it's a tricky place to own. Why is that? Surely, if you're Robert Smith, you've got enough self. Well, I mean, self confidence, I suppose, is not quite the right. But it's like, the, you'd think he wouldn't give much of a shit. Well, maybe he does. Maybe he says he lives in Bogner. I mean, you're literally just projecting what you would do on. No, 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 is no, he no, known no. for saying I live? No, on no, the... not him. Just I was, no, no, I was people. saying people from Bogner. Yeah. yeah, rarely say where do you live. I live in Bogner. They don't. <clears> they say all the surrounding little places, which I'm sure some of them do. But somebody's got to live in Bogner. I'd like buttons. to watch the Cure set. It just always sounds shit when when it's filtered through the television. No, oh, they sounded good. Yeah, but his not voice. Them. But he's sixty. His voice sounds identical. It's absolutely bonkers. It's not like you see. Well, mate, bo- Cheryl Crow's fifty-seven. She's sounding yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, totally. But. You know, people's voices change quite a lot. You know, Bob Dylan sounds like he's gargling with cement or whatever. I watched, yeah, but so I, I don't think I'd ever seen him in interview. So we started the Rolling Thunder review. Yeah, I, I definitely haven't seen him in an interview in recent years. Yeah, I pictured him as being way more like hoary looking and talking, and actually he looks pretty good and he sounds fine. Yeah, that sort of. No, no, he's, he's funny. Not that. He was, uh, he, I thought yeah. he was really funny. I thought he's the best bit. Of Enjoyed that. that modern day Dylan in that yeah. documentary. And Tobias Funke, yeah, played by Alan Ginsberg. <laughs> yeah, freak. Yeah, I looked that guy up. Yeah, rough and smooth with that dude. Yeah, but very rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic libertarian, basically. Yeah, I mean, sort of a hardcore libertarian. So, like, yes, I'm pro gay rights, but I also think men should be able to sleep with children. Yeah, which. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb here and say I can speak for both of us and you say can. we're both very much against that. Ticky off are making a stand. If anyone disagrees with that stance, then feel free not to listen to the podcast. All right, I'm going to get a glass of water before Adam joins. If okay. listeners needed that information, then... Um, Why don't you take this moment to get your own glass of water?
Uh, save the gossip for after. Uh, Adam, welcome back to Ticky Off. Thank you. We were saying we think you're our first sort of formal hat trick scorer. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think I need to be back thrice. Apart from like we used to drag in members of staff when we used to oh. record at Pigeon and stuff. But apart from, as what, a guest, what, what an yeah. honour. Thank you. Well, we're we're the honoured ones. Um, it was solicited, I suppose. Um, I said in the intro before you arrived that I get the impression Adam wants to get some things off his chest, but maybe we could ask by just diving in and saying, why do you think some people hate Eater? <laughs> I was going to say you, but it's because I think it probably is personal for some people. But I don't think know. I don't think it's you specifically there. I think no, it's Eater conceptually more than it's yeah. You. Well, maybe we can get into that. But I feel some people do struggle to separate <clears throat> the the author from the work sure well no yeah. I think that's understandable um, uh, why do people hate Eater thinking about this um, if everyone's high at a party someone turns up and you know reminds those revellers of something that they might have you know not thought about or forgotten or whatever um, it, you know it, there's a chance you, you're going to have a whitey <laughs> and I, I, I sort of feel like on a, um, at some level that that's kind of what's happened. Um, the other thing is, I think if you do something different, if you approach something in a different way, if you're slightly more removed from an industry that is, you know, literally about hospitality and is very tight knit, um, and on many levels is very close and friendly um, and collaborative. If you're, you know, in any way critical of that, like I think there's, a, there's an automatic sort of defence mechanism that mm -hmm. kind of comes up against that. And people will not necessarily question um, what it is you're doing, but sort of seek to understand why you're doing it. I think it's sort of, it's less about... It's, it's it's less about sort of um, you know what we're doing and 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 how sort of more like how how very dare you that that's kind of the impression I get. Can you give an example? I, I you know what I've been thinking, I've been thinking it's sort of a kind of chronology of um, chronology of outrage. Chronology chronology of outrage, you know, but more the well the correlation of that outrage. Um, with with what it is we've published, and if you go back to the beginning, we we launched with a piece that was critical of influencers. Um, so you know, you we li we literally started off by, um, you know, with something quite controversial that hadn't been questioned. That was sort of like this, you know. Uh, this new sort of accessory, friendly accessory to the restaurant industry that like no one had sought to kind of interrogate. So, you know, you've got that that for a start. Um people not you know, they 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 were like, Why why are you picking on influencers? Like they they you know, they're they're not causing any harm, they're not doing anything wrong and um so that's that's number one. I think, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and list them all, but if we'll we'll sort of rattle through them what I've thought that you know, may have sort of cumulatively and sort of independently generated this kind of hostility for want of a better word. We wrote about closures. And no one you know, closures and closures of restaurants have been a less of a priority for the food media in London than, than openings have. Mm -hmm. And for us, and I think for the sort of eater brand in the States, it's like 
you know, they are as important as openings. And I think, you know, you guys have expressed your feelings about this the way we did it initially, and it was sort of almost you know, these allegations of it being kind of gleeful. I think it was like, I think, I think, you know, although we might have, you know, sometimes been a little bit too snarky with the tone or whatever, it, it, was, more, it was more of a shock to people, I think, that we were writing about them at all. Right. Um, and that that was newsworthy or considered to be important in an industry that, like, wanted to... I think it's an industry that's, like, made serious progress in the last ten years. So it was, like... It's understandable that it was a self-congratulatory space. So if you're sort of... If you arrive and you're, like, dunking on shit, it's, like, it seems seems like you're a party pooper. So, yeah, closures. I think the, the, the the, the sort of... Turning point, the I mean, land. You, I mean, you haven't described yourself as a party people because you're saying you're walking into the party and everyone's high. And you're like, mate, you've had enough. You're going to whitey easy on that. <laughs> Look, it, it's not so much that, like, we. I want to be kind of a critic of this industry, or that I don't want to be a part of it. And you know, indeed, I was a part of it in a different way before I started doing this job. But I think. The definition of this job for this brand means that I can't be. And I think that is one of the reasons why it's potentially... It's jarring for people. And I don't know. I think as well as, like you said before, it's definitely like a sort of, you know, this sort of comparative rejection of the of the brand. It is. I think there's a, there's a sense of surprise, actually, or uh, about me personally um on some level that i've turned into this like like fucking hell i thought he was i thought he was all right you know <laughs> and he's like oh but take, it's, it's the job it's the job it's part of the job i have to maintain um you know this this sort of independent status so um, would it would it be fair to say that you know bad reviews aside on the whole the state of food not to put words in your mouth at all but the state of food journalism before Eater turned up was a little bit too in the the same sort of, on the same side or eating out the hand of what the fucking expression should be, of restaurants and the industry, when that shouldn't be the, and I know it happens in other industries as well, but that isn't the mm. point of journalism shouldn't be the point of journalism Well, yeah, I think on a very, very sort of basic level that, that is it in a nutshell Um I think we might have, I think we probably discussed this the first time I was on but I don't criticize the industry the restaurant industry per se but I, I, I there's there's a sort of like the mechanism and the, the the ecosystem of food media in this country compared to say America is is different and has been distorted by the fact that food media has not been financed in the same way that you know, journalism on 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 a bigger on a, on a, on, a, on a much greater scale has been in America. Like, the reason food media in this country has relied on restaurants and freebies and whatever and relationships is because you don't have a food media outlet. If you you can't just you can't afford to go to these restaurants, so it's it's just it's just natural that you're gonna. Um, you know whether or not by accident or by on purpose you're going to compromise the sort of integrity and independence of of, of the commentariat do you think you're as maverick 
as you think you are, if that makes sense. I mean, no, just, I, I just, don't. I'm surprised. I, I mean, I, oh, sorry, it, as, yeah, as other people think that is. Um, I mean, I was last week, Lisa Markwell, who you know, I know you've not about her, but about the Sunday Times thing, which is sort of what spurred you to get in touch to come back. What on. was the Sunday Times thing? Just for people who don't know, sorry, I, I'm assuming we're gonna get onto that, but um, the Sunday Times, a girl restaurant, uh, food writer award or upcoming food writer award. Um, you know, she spoke very specifically about a review she'd written with the Sunday Times in the sort of um, space between A.A. Gill's passing and Marina taking on that was pretty critical of a restaurant that uh, was run and cooked at by, quote-unquote, a friend of hers. And he went fucking nuclear on her online. I thought we were mates. And just that, that fundamental lack of understanding. And you and I generally, uh, not come to blows, but have disagree with one another when we've taken a kicking and usually as to the degrees of fairness but fundamentally we both agree that there shouldn't be any free passes like if someone thinks something's shit then that's the the job of a journalist to to write that and I think also I think I think sometimes I would say I would say probably you, you more than me, but I would say both of us aren't necessarily in. There is a certain group of people who are the in, in quotes whatever the London food media, and that's not a huge group. No. I would say, you know, it's twenty people or it's thirty people max, and I would say we sit slightly outside of that, but are slightly involved with that. Mm. But then I would say also. You know, we we've had you on for the third time today. We've had George on. We've had Jonathan on. We've had James on. Um, we've had. Anna are you on. saying all of Eater are, are the? No, I'm, no I'm, I'm, I'm saying we sit somewhere slightly outside of that group, but probably slightly more aligned, probably in our tone, in our sort of slightly snarky. You are the Perluigi Kalina of the London restaurant <laughs> industry. <laughs> Bold, bug-eyed referees. Stuck in the middle, mm. which explains the the greeting in Italian when I arrived with six Portuguese lagers. Yeah, please explain <laughs> that analogy. Referee, um, isn't it? Oh, well, but, but it's, I, I, it's, every time you know, again, uh, wary of patting ourselves on the back. Every time we come out to bat for you, which we do on occasion on Twitter, I always know that I can look anyone in the eye and say we. Both to you personally, like I will message you if I'm like, mate, that's fucking bullshit what you've written. James Hansen, I will message him and say, come on, dude. Uh, and publicly on this, we've we've had our swings at Eater. But also, you know, I think, Sam, do you know what? I think we're amazingly objective and brilliant <laughs> people. But but I think for, from my point of view, sitting outside of it slightly, is I think that, and I agree with you, that for whatever the reasons behind however food media is funded in this country as opposed to America, I think a tone that is more sat back from the the celebratory self I'm not going to try and say mm. that word again just find a, find us I know I can't think of another one there that's why I'm not a writer for eater um, <laughs> but like the, the self-satisfied yeah that, that kind the, of uh, slightly one of the, one of the um, sticks that people beat us with by coincidence um, I think another stick is that you're just it's so mean why do you, why do you have to be mean in your coverage like, I think so, you? To, I think to go back to your point there about like are we radical and you, you know you, you, you drew on an example there from a restaurant critic who's been critical I like I'm not saying that like people in this industry have not been critical or like demonstrated objectivity and integrity far from it I think the difference is 
that like while we haven't criticized individual restaurants per se we've we've criticized the industry and i and think we've and... we've also criticized the, the the mechanisms of the industry how it works you know if you if you if you take the sort of influencer example or you know when it um the the fact that perhaps samsa was indicative of you know uh, abuses on a on a wider scale, though that was a sort of uh, isolated incident. Um, it is, you know, I think everybody knows that that isn't like the only restaurant where um, problems of those that, that, of that nature sort of have occurred. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. I, I just, just for listeners who don't know, you're talking about the incident last March, I think, with July. the chef. Oh, was it? Yeah, last July really? with a chef who who uh, had posted. Re- Allegedly, seemingly racist videos on YouTube. No, I think I think you can. I think you can, can say, say that racist. Racist. Say you're a flat out racist. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. With that on, it was pretty unequivocal. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just think that um, the way we've approached things is is, is 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 sort of like you know. Obviously, we don't write reviews, so I think the interpretation is that we are critical of the of the industry at large, the kind of um, on on a macro level, and of course the. The industry adjacent to it, which we're part of and we're different to, which is the food media, as evidenced by the reaction to the uh, A.A. Gill Award for Emerging Food Critic, which was in three separate articles and a, 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 a larger number of tweets described as an award for an unpublished food writer, which was awarded to a published food writer. I mean... Look, I, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. I, I didn't expect to sort of not get a reaction out of that story. But I mean, come on. It was. It was. It was fairly. The 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 problems with it were pretty self-evident. I thought, and I thought we reported it pretty straight. Can you explain to me and the listeners and Sam while you're here why that? Um, you felt that story fell into the under the sort of purview of Eater London's. Well, purpose. I think for the reasons that I've just explained, that we are writing not just about the London restaurant industry, but the the industry, the industries, um, and the kind of ecosystem adjacent to it. Um, That's nice. I think it was it was symbolic of. I don't know. I think it was symbolic of a kind of a status quo, you know? It was like... And look, I, I'm sure there are reasons why, why, and why it happened and why, why it ended up materialising the way it did. Like, it's, it's not hard. It, it is, I'm sure it's difficult to find a unpublished food writer that's worthy of publication in the Sunday Times. Um, but that's that's kind of irrelevant. Like change your wording on on mm. publicity. Like I think it was a fair, I think it was a fair criticism. Um, but I think it it fell into our you know, as the Americans say, wheelhouse. Because I thought purview. I was yeah, pur- yeah, is that, that the right word? Yeah, yeah. I was going to repeat that, but I thought, nah, man. That's quite pleasing, that's plagiarism. Yeah. I, I seem to be in third place on the knowing enough words tonight. <laughs> Wheelhouse. Wheelhouse is a the other, word, yeah. the other reason I think that it was newsworthy was because it generated a huge amount of interest. Like, I think a lot of people that might, by sort of, you know, dint of its legacy and whatever, what the Sunday Times represents, 
Like they were, they were optimistic about this. Like it was a sort of quite an un-Sunday Times thing to do in in in, in a way. Had they kind of honoured the, um, the, uh, the the sort of the promise of, of 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 what they set out to achieve, which was kind of you know platforming an, an, an unpublished food writer. So, and I think there were a lot of people who like felt that they were disqualified from applying because mm. they were published. That's a fair point. Yeah, and and that, I think that's kind of you know, there are a lot of people who, you know, the explanation that that, that, that came in, it was you know, it's judged it, the, the 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 official name for the award is emerging food critic. So and that's how you know, the hastily appointed spokesperson described the way it was um, judged. I, I mean, that's fair enough. Um, of course, like there are. You know, there aren't many food critics. Like, the the, the winner w- wasn't a, f- a, a food critic. Um, but I think had a lot of other people known that were interested in applying and interested in that, you know, platform and that that pay that 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 check. You know, I think it, it would have been interesting. I think the the applications would have been more interesting had that been. Um, yeah, I mean, I could have applied. You could have applied. Yeah. Where the fuck didn't but, you? You know, one of the justifications well, because, because it was unpublished. And but you who's. The Quietus. But not... Uh, does that yeah. not count? Yeah, I suppose it does, you've written about food there. Yeah, written about food. Yeah. One of the other things was that one of the, the explanations, justifications of it being, you know, her, the, the winner being eligible was the fact that she was not uh, employed as a by any publication, so she was sort of technically a freelancer. I mean, that for me, that's sort of also insufficient, like... I mean, Ruby Tando isn't employed by a food publication. Neither, as I understand it, Nigel Slater. I mean, like, come on. There are plenty of people who... Like, I think that says more about the, you know, the, like, to, to return to the point about the, 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 the food media industry, like, there, there aren't many food media jobs. So, so just so we can cover this off, um, another objection to the coverage was, was the lack of... Uh, you know, the journalistic moray of you you ask for a comment before you uh, publish, which I believe you hadn't, Adam. <laughs> you know, just just so I could feel I think like we've uh, if given you've you got if you've got that. a publication of the size and scale and, and and significance of the Sunday Times that's published two articles with the headline on with the phrase unpublished food writer, and then the, in the you know the the lead paragraphs unpublished food writer. In a number of tweets that 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 also used that language, and the um, society of editors who they did this award in partnership with used the phrase "unpublished writer." For me, the the, the, the story stacked up. It added it added up. There were there were, there was there was no missing there were no, there weren't any missing pieces for the story that I wrote. Do you, do you think the reason it became re- relatively punchy, at least on social media, again amongst the same sort of I guess thirty odd people in this world generally, hyphenated but, or what thirty odd or thirty uh, odd? Uh, um, but. Because it was A.A. Gill, you know, people, how can you, because, you know, God rest saintly A.A. Gill, who's, you know, obviously incredible in many ways and blah, blah, blah. But it felt like some of the reaction to it was based more on that than to take a swing back at you guys. Was, yeah, I think, was, I think, and I, that, I think people, me, I think, that side of it, I find fucking ridiculous. I think people were, I think people were looking for anything that they could 
react. I mean, there was a, there, I think there was a frustration that we had the audacity to even do what we did. And I think there was, uh, you know, it manifested itself in frustration and embarrassment. And it was, the reaction was... Um, they were seeking reasons to, you know, have, have a go back. And that's fair, is, that's fair so, enough. So I, was, I, guess, I, was, I was prepared for that. But I suppose this is why I asked the, the first question. Is, is um, why, does, why do people hate Eater? Because, you know, I, I think to anyone who took a step back and asked if this was a fair summary of what had happened they would have to say yes. Yeah. And so the sticks you used to beat you with weren't... The facts aren't accurate. They were, d- 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 you know, d- dead writer, um, don't be mean to the award winner, which I don't think it was even covered at all, in, other than the fact that they had been <laughs> published, but there was no sort of sense of picking on them. Um, so all the... Yeah. So it was more... It was just another excuse for a pile-on... Eater, which I always enjoy watching from the sidelines and occasionally. Yeah, I bet you do. It makes things interesting yeah. for you. But, it, but for you it, two, especially as you, you know, but, but it, in but between it pulling splinters out of your ass because you're sitting on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we have does, to be company men. Yeah. But, on both sides. But, but to me, like, it does make things interesting and it is ultimately, and, and that's not, I won't sit on the fence with that and I've had these conversations with people because it makes it interesting that there is a voice out, you know, and I'm not saying that I don't have issues with some of it, but the fact that there is a voice outside of these 30 people who you could very easily come to this world of London restaurants and and just, and very quickly you will realise, oh, yeah, there's 30 people, basically. 30 people who go to these places, who take photos of these places, who tweet about these places, and it's the same 30 people and... A lot of them are a lot older. Like I'm no spring chicken, but you know, there's there's younger people generally are not in that group, and you know, I'm not sure of the average age of contributors at Eater, but tonally, it's younger leaning to an extent, um, and that's that's got to be a fucking good thing if you're looking at a creative industry where people are are doing things which which they do to be judged and whatever because you're serving stuff to the public who are going to judge you and to have a voice outside of 30 fucking people saying the same thing and you know liking the same things and disliking the same things generally i mean if you could graph the consensus within those 30 people it would be pretty fucking tight i reckon yeah yeah I, is that unfair i don't think it's unfair but i'm um I always think the the public consensus and the private consensus differs wildly and everyone toes the party line in public and on their Instagram and on Twitter and then you can bet your fucking bottom dollar that privately between each other they're like yeah that's, actually that place fucking sucks doesn't it yeah but we got a freebie there so we yeah sure sorry for the SMR interruption there One criticism I've heard of Eater is, maybe not even a criticism, just a question really, um, which you can answer better than anyone, is, uh, you know, I suppose because we're in this bubble of the industry, in a way it feels to us that it's kind of B2B, you know, that it's written for, for the industry as opposed to for the public. A lot of the time, a lot of the time obviously with 
you know your lists that's very much more public facing but where where do you see its position as a i think outlet? i mean it's fu- fundamental 100% it's a consumer facing brand um i think the industry is interested in it and reads it despite spurious claims to the contrary um but i, th- I mean friend, <laughs> I think- friend of the i love friend of the podcast osh rogers who was goes Oh, is Eater still going? It's like, I, I know you're reading it. I know you're reading it. I don't know that for a fact. I'm alleging, I suspect strongly, that Osh still reads it. Yeah, I mean, we've. I think one of, the, one of the things that I set out to do at the beginning was to take stories that would have been typically like B2B stories, like trade stories, and make them uh, relevant and interesting to a consumer audience. Like... So I think that's you know we obviously we sit somewhere in between like the industry reads the reads this reads the site but I mean our our audience is is is, is our consumers they're not in the trade. And are you happy with your audience size as opposed to you know Dave down the road who doesn't read it and you yeah, wish they, you would. Yeah, we've 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 grown we've grown massively and it's we 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 continue to grow and it's it's in a good place, yeah. And what's the which is a bigger question, but you know, being that we're sat here being referees, set between rocks and hard places, <laughs> and do you care that at the moment the it feels like a sort of quite combative two side situation? Do you care or no? I don't care. I mean, but, I think it's. I think all you have to care about, one has to care about, is whether you're doing your job and kind of uh it's being faithful to like the the purpose of 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 that job and i kind of feel that we are being i am being bumped into one of your writers last week um don't know if they've one of you named yeah can i finish my story (laughs) bumped into jonathan uh at a very swish event that he'd probably be embarrassed to be named to having been at. No, um, he, was, he, 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 he went public with... Did he? Circolo Popolare. He, he said, oh, fuck, is um, redacted here. Uh, one of his sort of antagonists, and I'm mutual antagon- you know, antagonising one another. And I was like, you're, you're literally standing back to back with the guy. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, But what he said was that the point of Eater is to ruffle feathers. And I think it's good that there's someone out there ruffling feathers. And I kind of uh, metaphorically high-fived him because I was like, that's exactly right. Well, shake, I shake think, you know, it's sort of like ruffling feathers. I'm not saying that's your raison d'etre. No, but ruffling feathers and to return to the metaphor of the beginning about, you know, causing people to whitey, that's like a secondary effect of doing something different like and interrogating um this this the you know the status quo for want of a better word like, like that that you don't necessarily set about to upset people or piss people off it's just that that's a sort of that's a by, that's a truth. that's a byproduct of of doing stuff that hasn't been done before i think and i also i think you know it's interesting what you're saying like when you ask me if i'm if it bothers me or whatever i think yeah the first thing to sort of set, remember is that you know, it, a minority can be exaggerated or, you know, put under the microscope, especially on Twitter, where it, only a certain type of person with a certain type of 
social media brand is willing to be confrontational you know you can you can you can start to believe that the the haters are a much greater number than perhaps is that the reality i mean of course i'm sure there are lots of people that absolutely loathe it that are, that stay silent but the other thing i think that's happened is and i think this you know it, we obviously you know we went down several different tributaries from the original river that we were um coasting along in our canoe yes. i mean, I mean you, you, Ginsburg, you, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, except for the weird stuff <laughs> yeah we um you know we were talking about we, we were going to go through that chronology of things that we've done and things subjects that we've kind of approached that has caused people to be upset or whatever so you know, you, you, we got to right, closures, influences, um, and then I think we were about to start talking about the turning point, which was this time last year when we wrote about the Somsar story. Right. Um, and dared to consider that, you know, racism um, and uh, racial politics might be an issue in the restaurant industry in London. And I, I just, I think, I, I, I think that that hadn't, been discussed before and hadn't been considered before um, and of course there are like the vast majority of people I'm sure in this industry are not racist and there are no problems necessarily of racism within their restaurants and they think therefore you know I'm going to be damaged by this even tacit association so why fucking bother mentioning it like this is not this isn't a problem for me, so therefore it's not a problem. I think that what mm. that does is fail to understand that these these problems and these issues might be systemic, um, and that you you know you end up writing about them with a specific a specific case. And I think that, that sort of seemed to be the initial phase of like fuck these guys are like they're gonna they're gonna go in they're gonna go into territory that we're we're just not comfortable with and we can't necessarily get behind. Um, so I think that was a kind of turning point. And then, you know, you've got then subsequent issues with, you know, we we wrote a story about the, the Giles Corrin reviewed, review, which was widely condemned for being racist. We obviously reblogged the story about Dan Doherty and allegations of sexual misconduct. Um, and then what else did we do? Oh, yeah, we, you know, we dared to... Criticised the Guardian for treating jackfruit as a novelty ingredient. Um, Where did you come under fire for that? You could, you oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, you know, that was that was. <laughs> Any so anything just a little bit uncomfortable for? I think there's a generational thing. There, there's a it? generational tension. Yeah. These issues, the, the thing that they have in common, or at least a lot of them have in common, is that then, you know. <laughs> They're associated with being trendy for a would-be woke millennial, right? Yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's trendy not to want to be in a racist industry. No, no, it's just caring about stuff like that is. No, I, is I mean, I'm being flippant, yeah. but I'm like, but that's basically the implication. Yeah. As which I'm not disagreeing with at all. It's like, yeah, yeah. that is, you know, is. But I think they would a, say it's performative as opposed. I to definitely, just being I decent. definitely think there is a there's a sense that we're writing about that and we care about that and that 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 care and that the sort of you know it's a it, yeah performative but also that it's like an affectation mm. and it's cool to be woke etc etc um i think it's hip to be square <laughs> 
think one of the, you know, these issues have been covered in in much, you know, for a longer time in America. And I think perhaps one thing that I am, um, you know, I'm perhaps sometimes guilty of is assuming that the uh, industry here is kind of aware of the discourse in America. Um, and therefore it might not be so shocking to to read about these on a food a food web restaurant website um so perhaps you know the, the, one of the things that i have been guilty of is um is assuming that there wouldn't be so much resistance to uh you know thinking that these things are, are worth talking about and are newsworthy um but i think well, it's that, it's that thing of of eater is for whatever its faults, generally has that slightly is coming from a younger place, for want of a better word, and younger people do fucking care about this stuff a lot more generally than slightly older people because that's just the nature of these things. And 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 the fact that you raise them is always going to get up the backs of people who say, "Ah, it's fine, it's fine." You know, snowflakes, etc. You know, oh, you're just taking offence for the sake of taking offence, and, and and you're blaming one bad apple for yeah, exactly. You know, or, or you know, holding the entire and, apple and, cart to account. For and it. I think it is that idea of actually these things are systemic and potentially, you know, they go back so far, and from small acorn acorns grow really fucking bleak trees, and and that idea I think is what sometimes people don't realise. Oh, but my place is fine. Even if you're built on the back of a bunch of horrific shit. We've had chefs on here before who miss the good old days. And you can tell that they miss the good old days. They miss when it was fucking unpleasant and mm. violent and bullying. And you can hear it in them talking. And this isn't, this is our silly podcast. But, you no, know, I think, it, that, it, I think but, that's instructive. I mean,. I think, yeah, the good old days, like, make America great again. It's a euphemism. Yeah. And whether or not it's, 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 it's deliberate, it's, it speaks to a, a time when, you know, the, there were less voices, there were less dissenters. And I think, you know, for all its fucking faults, and, like, I mean, I loathe the, you know, the binary nature um, and lack of nuance that, that, that Twitter sort of promotes but I think it's been good in the sense that it's it has absolutely like you know given prominence to otherwise marginalized voices and I think that's I mean that's absolutely one of the reasons why there's there's a there's a much greater diversity of critique and and an and opinion that is valued um but yeah it's, it's always going to be uncomfortable I think it's sort of it's also kind of you know, it's it's meta. Although we haven't written anything necessarily, I mean, obviously, we, we you know, we it was implied perhaps by criticising the fact that that A.A. Gill Award was, you know, contravened its own apparent kind of... Um, T's and C's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I think there's this, this sense that that what we do is, is almost like a kind of tacit criticism of, of food media by doing food media in a different way. And I think that's one of the reasons why, although people are like all like pissed off that you might write about closures, criticise influencers, criticise restaurant critics, um, you know, dis discuss racism, cultural appropriation, sexism, sexual uh, harassment, 
It's like it's yeah, all, all these things we didn't care about in the good old days. <laughs> it's just fine. Just but it's, it's, it's sort of by implication that's 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 a criticism of 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 the you know I, of, I of, the, of, of the commentary that has preceded. But the I, way we're commentating. I, I, I don't even think it's sort of implied. I think often it's just fucking explicit. You know, if you, if somebody unnamed or whatever takes a swing at Jonathan on Jonathan Nunn on Twitter, and um, which I'm absolutely paraphrasing, which is why I'm not saying who it is, but why aren't you writing another article about a bunch of places in Elephant and Castle or whatever? As as like an insult, as in, you know, fuck off in your corner and do that and don't have this conversation about something more than that. And like that's that's explicit. That's explicitly saying that what some of these some of the articles that you commission, some of that t- that push towards actually we should look at this stuff whether it's whether it's restaurants that are going to be out on their ass in Elephant Castle or whether it's sexism or racism or whatever big issues then it's explicit. Like, I don't think... It, it's not a subtle thing. It's quite a fuck you. And and that I find fucking strange because it's in every... You would hope, in if there's any sort of hope that there's progress in any bit of the world, but that things do get better. You know, yeah, we're in a dip now with everything in America and blah, 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 and here and everywhere else. But that we are on an arc upwards. We generally have been humans in general. So... The idea that you're going to take a swing at that in a little world like food seems fucking strange to me. And as you say, it's like this issue of it's that everything is so binary. It's like either you're, it's like either you're being objective and critical of the things that need to be criticised and shining a light on things that ought to have a light shined on them, or you're just like celebrating restaurants from dawn till dusk and everything is cushy, which is fucking bullshit. I think the reason I initially kind of, and I, I and I've been giving thought to this, the kind that that kind of chronology of things that we've done and and the, and the cumulative effect. I think the reason the the reason the reaction sort of seemed to, you know, it, it, with each thing we've done, the the, the reaction has been has, has been more of kind of intense, and I think that's because. It is is literally because of the cumulative effect of the of the issues that we've decided to cover, and it it becomes much less. I think we you know we talked about this like in the aftermath of um, the the Dan Doherty story. It was like it, it, it the the fights you know on Twitter about Dan Doherty were not about like whether sexual harassment is good or bad. It's like. Who 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 are you? Where where are you? Both generationally, politically, um, and and sort of like socially. Where do you stand? And I think it became. It, I think Eater definitely represents like a camp, and it almost doesn't matter what the issue is. It's like people, you know, predict the the political or kind of you know social reason that you're going to support or criticize an issue. And they will they will criticise you because of your stance, not because of the particular merits of criticising that particular issue or not. It's like it's just like well, that's who sort you of are. identity politics. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and I, I think mean, you can. You, it's like you know, in the states, for example, you can you can if you can predict someone's views on abortion 
based on their views on on gun control, for example, which are two completely unrelated things. There's there's there's, there's no Venn diagram overlap, but you can bet your ass that if someone is uh, is anti-abortion, they're going to be pro-guns. I mean, to a degree of pretty high yeah, certainty. it's a good example because that brings to light very much the very very specific irony of the idea of pro-life. Uh, how do you mean? Well, the whole, you know, the whole, you know, anti-abortion movement is is their their catchphrase is pro-life, but they're very. Um, well, as Bill Hicks pointed out, quite into killing abortionists. Yeah, but, or you know, but being pro-life and being pro-guns, which oh, I see, yeah, sorry, it's like gotcha. You know, yeah, yeah, I didn't. Guns um, kill people. Unless you're a libertarian, I suppose that's the, where the difference would be, because you'd be you'd be um, pro-choice, but you would be pro-guns. Just just to cover that one off before I get comments on the Twitter saying, well, actually, I think you'll find. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can you can predict people's reaction to unrelated things just based on basically what they, you know, their, their core politics. Which is, especially when I suppose in food, because most of the food media, most food people, and certainly most Londoners, which is essentially what we're talking about, are somewhere left of centre, but I guess that Centre to centre left to, you know, that there's a a growing space. In yeah, there for sure. For people to populate. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it, it struck me as like when we wrote that when I wrote that story about the A. Gill Award, it was like I, the, the initial reaction was you could just tell people hadn't read it, you know. Mm. And and I think that's uh, often. I'm, I'm not going to name them, but sorry, I totally interrupted you there. But I'm going to just crack on. Um, <laughs> Someone who I know listens to the podcast on the reg, who commented, yeah, relatively, you know, non-committal, but certainly falling on the side of the anti-eater brigade uh, about it, and I slid into his DMs as they say these days, and I said, "Have you read the article?" And he said, no, "I haven't yet," but you know, just standard eater, and I was like, "Read the article, and then see what you think," because. It, it, you know, the big thing was that, especially, you know, we've discussed, oh, Eater's a bit snarky, oh, they're a bit mean about us, whatever. But I read that having, following on from the tweet saying, oh, top of the class of snarks. It was the least snarky thing I think Eater's <laughs> ever published. It was unbelievably bland in the best possible way. It, and it was just like, here's what happened, then here's what happened, and then this is what happened next, and here's what someone said, and here's what happened. There was, there, there was no zero vinegar. If it was a dressing, I would have sent it back. But that's what I mean. It's it was it. It's not about. It's not. It becomes not about the specific issues. It becomes about who you are and what you what you represent and what people assume you're gonna stand for and do. And you know, it just bec- it becomes like it's it's sort of host- hostility by by default. You know. And that, I mean that, that's going to happen. Like it's it's fine. Well, outrage is the new sort of. I don't. I don't even think it's outrage. I actually. I think it's more like. I think it's dis, like it's disappointment, and like. Just disappoint. I'm not cross. I'm disappointed. Has anyone had a go at you in person, at one of these very few events, hobnobby things that you very seldom attend? No. No. No, no, but that, I mean that's the nature of it, isn't it? It's yeah. like, but the because I asked you earlier, it's like, oh, do you care? And you don't care, which is fine. But 
how does one reach across the aisle, as it were? You said, eat as a camp. It's like, it's not like, it's all war talk. It's all this person, that person. No, I think, I mean, I, but I think, I don't think that's been designed by us necessarily. Like, at least not, 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 not on purpose. But right. I think there's definitely this perception that it is a camp and, you know, therefore another camp has to exist by definition in opposition sure. to that camp and have their own camp. Um, Never on circles, Castle Pigeon. But of course, you know, it's like, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned about in person. Like, the thing is, if all this shit was happening in person, if there was no such thing as Twitter, it would be totally different. And I think that's, you know, I've obviously spoken about what I think the merits of social media are, and Twitter specifically. The, 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 the great downside to it is that it, it absolutely, like, torpedoes nuance. And it torpedoes, you know... Like, the opportunity for for listening and for, you know, the, the, the relationships. Like, it just... I know for a fact the people that have been, you know, critical and, you know, disgusted with us on, on Twitter. Like, I, I know if, I, if, if, that, if I'd published that article and saw someone the next day, it, it would have been, like, it would have been so less, much less vitriolic, you know? It would have been like, what, what are you... What, what did you do that for? And tell him. And they're like, oh, fair enough. <laughs> and then, you right. know, I don't know. Sorry, I know you've got to get to this thing in Shoreditch. So we... Yeah, let's we, talk about crisps. I also want... Should we talk about what... quick fire to do. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? I was, Maybe you should run this next eight-minute <laughs> session. Have you been to Tartar Eatery at Thai Elementary yet? No, we're meant to be going tonight and then I had to cancel because I've forgotten it was my sister's exhibition opening. I'm gutted. So apologies to them. I know, because we booked that before it was like a thing. I, I wasn't fully... It was kind of... I, I saw London Eat... No, that's you. Eat, no, yeah, London Eater. Kang. Is it mm. Kang? Saw his Instagram post. without. I'd, I hadn't hoisted in that you'd already covered it. And I was like, fuck me, that place looks amazing. Didn't realise it was Tartar Eatery. You loved it, yeah? Superb. Best meal of the year by, I'd say, some distance, yeah. Oh, well. Um, <sighs> Even more psyched we're not going. Sorry, mate. Very... Um, just super inventive. He's, I don't know, I f- he's like a total like alchemist with flavour, texture, um, you know, marriage of ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> incredible, uh, incredible There's experience. so many things still want to talk to Adam about, like his brat, you know, we had a long chat about brat last time, I want to know, about, about, you know, but we don't have to... Yeah, you might get into it in the quick fire, so... Okay, um... But yeah, I just I must say your local news agent has a god tier selection of yeah, so fried that, packing that, some that good stuff. That ridiculous list of crisps that we never talked about in the end, but I don't think it even had Brannigans on it. Mine? No, no, the, oh. the one that was on you know some fucking website. Did yeah, a no, Channel Five. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure I disagreed with one on your god tier. Oh, you like. both did. The, yeah. the Thai sweet silly Thai sweet chili oh, yeah. sensation. Ah, yeah, yeah, stuck in your teeth. Yeah. Bullshit. Text you guys. Sensations. Wow. I mean, okay, tweet us, please. They, thai sweet chili. <laughs> anything by Walker sensations. Sensations are, gross. are foul. Textually, absolutely, as a general rule. But there is something that delivers on the on the on the on the, on the Thai sweet chili. So right. what, what have you brought? Yeah, that's a great choice. But the the great, the great thing about your local news agent there is that they have both flavours of Brannigan's. Absolutely. Which is... That's huge. That does not happen not, often. Not in, common. I mean, it's cliche by this point, but Brannigan's 
We're never the same. I suppose this is MAGA in crisp form. <laughs> <laughs> they make weren't the same when they changed from their lovely brown paper bags. I'll make you a hat. A Brannigan's um, hat. Such a kick of, of English mustard. mustard. It's so much punchier than it should be, but in the, in the best way. Fabulous. But thin and like potato. Yeah, really good texture. Mm. Like it tastes of potato. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, we're going to quick fire? Mm-hmm. Right. And an odd, really. It's just good to know what your best meal of the year so far was. No, I felt like I should talk about that. It was very, very good. Any other standouts before we move on to quick firing? No, but I am looking forward to um, Johnny Lake and Isabel's restaurant in on the site of Londrino. Yeah. That'll be oh, good. Is that where it's going? Yeah. Excited about that. Crikey. Didn't know it was going there. Uh, okay. I should read really it to London. What food do you miss the most? It's <laughs> a strange question, isn't it? It's deep, but I like it. Miss? Hmm. What food do you miss the most? You can take that question however which way you like. Really All right, nice Stotty. Stotty? What's Stotty? Particular type of bread from the northeast that we were... Um, it was it was the vehicle used to make sandwiches at primary school. Nice. Yeah. And what's what's specific about Stotty? No, what just makes de- it Stotty? Just like dense, you know. Yeah. Big fucking like wedge of nice carbohydrate. Yeah, it's a banging question. What food? Do you, yeah, it is. But it, it, I could see why them sort of pause because it's like you, you have to process that. Yeah. Could be an emotional question. Could be, see? That's why I just... I also I massively miss, like, uh, Spanish food. I go to Spain. My sister lives in Spain. Go there semi-regularly and come back. And for a week or so, I'm, like, literally fucking cooking, you know, Spanish food mm. every day. But I miss, like, the experience of going to... You don't really cook Spanish food, do you? Just bung a bit of tomato on a bit of toast. <laughs> Get on with the day. Fry it. <laughs> uh, what's your summer shoe of choice? Um, what should a gentleman, a modern day gentleman, wear during the summer months? Because you're quite a fashiony chap. Um, so I would say either a um, suede Birkenstock. Wow. Oh, yeah. Preferably with socks. Like a sandal cut. But either the sandal or the clog. Go with the clog. Yeah, yeah. And socks, white socks. No, not white socks. The Danny no. Bowen move. Um, Mary Batali. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were Crocs. Crocs, yeah. yeah. I did have slides. Wear them quite often. Oh, lot. yeah. Yeah. Excellent pool shoe. Yeah, fantastic pool you shoe. Play a <laughs> that is a look though playing pool in pool sliders. That's a All good right. look. And also, actually, when you walked in, I said. Um, Oh, Stormzy, because you've got your... You wore that last time you were here, so you were ahead of the game on Stormzy. Because that's, like, what the thing Stormzy wore. I mean, to be clear to the listeners, I was not wearing a stab vest when I walked in. No, but it's got the same vibe. It was a fucking waistcoat, gilet. Waist... It's not a waistcoat. It's more utilitarian, isn't it? Yeah, my wife um, just refers to it quite simply as the Billoddy. Oh, okay, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Do you keep tools in it and whatnot? No, okay. but um, I'm actually bumped. I'm, I'm, I'm name dropping here, but I bumped into um, Laura Jackson the other day at a very trendy bakery in East London. 
she sort of grabbed the top pocket and was like, ooh, ooh, very dad. Ooh. I was I was also pushing a pram, so but she sort of seemed to imply definitely a little pejoratively that I was, you know, dressing like a dickhead dad. Yeah. Which I, I thought Or she like, could have been sexy dad. Or prepared dad. Lot of pockets. <laughs> How do you think you would have done if you'd have been a pirate back in the day? Uh, a good friend of mine at university had this amazing phrase which he would use when he didn't want to give a proper answer, which was medium to non-medium. <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept that. James? Terrible. <laughs> all really? of those, all, uh, mate, I'm the least swashbuckling person you've ever met. But you look good in the gear. Unless I'm coming into bat at three. In Silk case. shirt, unbuttoned, below the breasts. You'd look good. Breasts. <laughs> Sorry, pecs. Breast. <laughs> Singular. It's Singular. fine. Would you wear a bandana? Um, a tricorn unt bandana. Okay. Eye patch? If I needed it. Bird? <laughs> would I wear a bird? Yeah, I would have been a terrible pirate. Really? Yeah. Do you like the sea? No, uh, I like swimming in it. I don't like being at it. Okay. Off, yeah, you'd quite be into the sort of sartorial disposition of a pirate. Though, yeah, yeah, because they got like, good vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something quite piratical about Dylan Rolling Thunder. Oh, very much. You know, so, you're yeah. having your wife's fortieth Dylan yeah. theme. Yeah. I'm going to go as that, which you are as well, obviously. As pirate Dylan, as Rolling Thunder Dylan. I might go as Dylan now. My wife oh. wants to have a birthday party, and she wants everyone to go as Bob Dylan. So you pick your era. I would definitely go as like um, freewheeling. Oh, you go so a bit more classy, like the just the denim and the leather and the yeah, and also like granddad collars and you know proper yeah. like sort of baker boy. I'd like to yeah, I'd like to do the obvious. Don't look back, but I've not got the barnet. You could grow a barnet or get a wig, and get then I'd have to get a perm. Anyway, uh, how would the people you work with describe you? Medium to medium. <laughs> <laughs> committed, a bit disorganised. Huh. Uh, the restaurant that everyone else seems to love but utterly baffles you. It would if if I said if I spoke truth here, it would be. I will bleep it. I bleep it. It'd be <laughs> utterly. You could do a really long bleep, so no one's going to know how long. Even the, should we go, and then you'll yeah. be feel more comfortable. Currently, you are fucking bleeping now. <laughs> of course I am. I don't stitch anyone up. No, I mean, um, I, forget, I can't even fucking remember the name of it. That would be the best bleep ever. Fancy patisserie. You know, like, everyone's opening bakeries and doing fancy croissants and whatnot. Well, what's the middle one? Overrated, what? Underrated? Underrated or correctly rated. Um, oh. Are you, are you referring specifically to Poppins? No, not at all. I think Poppins is probably a bit overrated. But I, I genuinely think a wholesale improvement in patisserie and baked goods... 
is probably correctly rated. Uh, skinny jeans. I mean, fucking passe. What's the gene of choice for Adam currently? Um, oh, yeah, wide leg. Wide leg. Really? No, not on <laughs> Luca. <laughs> the look in Ramsden's eyes there. Can I wear a buka? <laughs> They're back. Is that cool? Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, I'm so hot in these trousers I've been wearing. I've been yearning for a buka. So back. you're going wide Flares. leg? Yeah, like straight leg, but, but, but wide and like a low rise. Okay. And what's the length? Are you going the yeah. half mast or going on the shoe? No, I, I, wear, I wear short trousers, like. Yeah. Yeah. Um Brat. Overrated, underrated, correctly rated. I only put this in not to try and uh, any controversy, but when you came was it the first time you came? Second. 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 And you talked about Brat and you said and you were like, I don't quite know how I feel about the idea that it's a very specific restaurant in Spain. Mm being delivered into Shoreditch above an old strip club. Mm. And you were sort of, you were, and you didn't come out on either side, and I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong, but that's the only reason I put it in. No, it's I, 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 yeah, I certainly don't think it's either overrated or underrated. I think it's, yeah, it's a very good restaurant. I think it's, the reception has been correct. I think it's, what's important is the fact that they innovate and they're, like, doing something interesting. It doesn't matter totally. what I think about the context. It's, like, it's, no, but, but, it's but, like, good. But it was interesting that you did raise the context question. Like, did, yeah. you, did you ever come to a conclusion on that? Because you didn't last time we spoke. You were just like, I don't I still don't know how I feel about that. Um, but the, the sort of, you know, the extension of that theory is, like, what what restaurant does you know appropriately fit in a London context which yeah. you know is a sort of who knows I can like, tell you and the, the final the lanes bro <laughs> <laughs> or Gidley Park which doesn't fit into London I don't even know where it is but wherever it does it fits in like a hand into Isn't a it Devon Chagford Changford Chagford Chagford yeah that doesn't feel like the right place I think name wise could be wrong Gidley Park Chagford <laughs> doesn't fit. Uh, okay, final question: overrated, underrated, curated anchovies. I mean, yeah, fucking underrated. They're like the best thing in the world. Yeah, that's the correct answer for that answer for that question. Yeah. Well, no, sorry. The best thing in the world is the Gilda, which is the at Marito. Oh, the ones at Derby's are fucking great. One's at Derby's, Derby's a baller. Yeah. Oh, come on, you don't fuck about with the Gilda. No, well, they're no, doing it The triptych of a Gindia, an olive, and an anchovy. I mean, what? I mean, it's the perfect bite. It is, but it's pretty, pretty damn good with, um, with the, a bit of smoky yeah. eel. Yeah, it's pretty good. What else did I have a Gilda recently? Quality chop. No. Quality wines do. No. They oh, do yeah, quality it. wines. Yeah, so, they were very oh, good. Oh, we had them, didn't we? Yeah, we that's went a, that's a, forgot that's we went an, there. That's an exceptional example of the Gilda. Yeah, it's very good there. And we had a fucking delicious bowl of Greek... Zinamavro. I don't think you get uh, Zinamavro from anywhere else. Um, yeah. For 32 quid. Bargain station. Yeah, that was good. I enjoyed yeah, that. had a good time there. That's the most fun I've had in a restaurant in a long time, James, and I shared that moment with you. I can't remember what else we ate. We had a gilder or two. Bit of... I don't know. We had a good time, didn't we? Did you have the, the rabbit dish? No, the kitchen was basically closed, so we got sort of the dregs. But yeah. delicious dregs. Decent, decent dregs. And then the... Nice woman looking after us. Listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah, really that was weird. Yeah. Um, Adam, thank you very much for making your uh, third 
return to the podcast. Much thank appreciated. Thank you very much, chaps. But thank you very much. So much we appreciated. Sorry, we didn't even get into the world's 50 best, which no. we usually do. Ah, uh, yeah, that would have been good. Uh, that's a fuck of a lot more ground to cover. So maybe I, at the moment we've basically done twice a year with Adam, so we'll do a second time this year. And yeah. Really wind up those old cadgers on Twitter. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Thank you.